0: You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello. We'd love to connect. Well, it's great to be able to share with you this morning around our Christmas series, which is based around the scripture in Isaiah 9, verse 6, where it says, He will be called, and then lists four names. And I want to share with you around one of those names this morning, uh, that He will be called Everlasting Father. Now, as as we Sarah and I recently announced, we are expecting number three baby to grace the Macarthur household in early June. So that's exciting, and uh, by the grace of God, that will be the last one. <laughs> and so I'm, <laughs> I don't want to speak anything into being, but I really hope so. Um, <laughs> And so that makes me, as a, as, a, as a dad, it makes me a dad for the third time. And, uh, and it, it still leaves me, even for the third time, trying to figure out the whole parenting thing. Parenting is something of an enigma. Um, and the, one of the funny things you notice as a parent is that teenagers have really high expectations of their parents. They expect so many things. They expect them to drop them to all 15 different after-school activities, even as well as having a full-time job. They expect them to pay the power bill on time every single month to pay the Wi Fi, to not change the Wi Fi password. They expect them, when their friends come over, to actually be cool and to know something about youth culture, even though we left that behind decades ago. They expect mum and dad to pay for everything, as well as the three meals that teenage boys need at 4 p.m., shortly before the meal, uh, the dinner meal, which they will eat as well. Teenagers have high expectations for their parents. But the funny thing is, is that uh, that teenagers are not far off actually becoming parents themselves. And as soon (laughs) as, a few years, a few years, we'll quantify that. uh, A few years off becoming parents themselves. And uh, the funny thing, as soon as you become a parent you realize that your expectations that you had of your own parents were totally unreasonable. (laughs) That Totally unreasonable. Because human parents are inherently flawed. Human parents are inherently flawed. There is a desire in us as parents to be the kind of parent that we know our children want and need. But that desire itself is not enough to actually create that within us. We're human beings and we are flawed. And this makes things really interesting when it comes to considering God as our heavenly father, as our everlasting father. It makes things a little bit complicated because I'm not sure what your parents were like as a kid. I'm not sure what your father was like. But many people, many, many people did not have good experiences. They had challenging and difficult experiences. Maybe for you dad was just trying to give you financially what he never had, but that meant that he was absent a lot. And that was difficult for you growing up. You just wanted Dad around, and he wasn't. Maybe, maybe your father had high expectations of you on the sports field or in your grades or in just general society, and so you felt pressure uh, just to work and to work and to work to try and earn his approval. Maybe your dad, like many, struggled to express himself emotionally emotionally particularly with the words that come out of his mouth. So you grew up not really hearing words like, I love you or I'm proud of you. Human parents are inherently flawed. We're human beings who are flawed and we struggle because the truth is, for for the most part, our parents are good people. However, we struggle with key areas uh, that they, like anyone, can struggle in key areas making our mothers and our fathers inherently flawed. And this makes things really interesting when it comes to approaching God as our heavenly father. The Bible describes God, (laughs) this is my son, If you can see him on the chat. No, you can't. Good. Sorry. The Bible describes God as an everlasting father. And so what that means is that when we ourselves picture our, uh, hear the word father, we have a picture which resounds in our mind, which may uh, be formed at least in part from our own experiences of our own fathers. It might work out for you in this way. We might be tempted to uh, think of and relate to God as being an absent father. Which, and the way we, we relate to him is we feel like we need to pray hard to get his attention. May sacrifice hard to get his attention. We might uh, relate to God as having unreasonable expectations of his children. And so we feel like we have to earn and we have to earn and we have to earn. We have to work to live up to his expectations. We might be able to hear the voice of God in lots of different areas, but because of our own upbringing, we might struggle to hear kind and loving words like, I love you and I'm proud of you from the heart of God. That is, it is possible to have this lens between our own eyes and the the face of our Father God that distorts our picture of God as a father very slightly. And so uh, we say all of that to come to our scripture for today, which is Isaiah 9, verse 6, uh, which says, And he will be called these four things, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So I want to encourage you just really quickly with three ways as we conclude our service today that God is an everlasting Father. He really is a good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are who you are. He is a good, good father. The first way is this, is that our everlasting father is compassionate. He's compassionate. So no matter what your own father was like or your grandfather or people in your world, father figures were like, your heavenly father is a compassionate father. There's this amazing scene in Exodus where Moses goes up the mountain to meet with God. And this is a powerful moment where Moses asks to see God and God says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll walk past you and I will show you my back. And this, as God is walking past Moses, this is what the words that flow out of God's very own mouth about his character. This is an interesting moment because we haven't heard a lot about the character of God up till this point in Scripture. We've heard about his power and his creation, but we haven't heard a lot about his character. And so this makes uh, this, these words a powerful revelation. In Exodus 34, verse 6, it says this. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love. And faithfulness. So the statement about the Lord is that God is a compassionate and gracious God. He is slow to anger, and He abounds in love. And this becomes this powerful statement that, for throughout all of uh, Scripture, is referred back to as Who is God? Well, He is compassionate, and He is gracious. God is a compassionate God. That means that when you make mistakes and you fall short of where you know you should be, your God does not condemn you. He is not judgmental, but he is compassionate for the reasons you made those choices. And he is there with you to show compassion and grace. Many people have had fathers with a short fuse, maybe who got upset if anything broke or if anything around the house got lost or any number of things. But I came to remind you today that the father heart of God is not quick to punish. He instead maintains love and forgiveness to thousands. Your God is a compassionate father. Your God is compassionate. This Christmas we celebrate Jesus who shows us the compassion of God for his people. The second thing I want to just remind you uh, or maybe even tell you for the very first time about the father heart of God is this is the everlasting father always cares. He always cares. When I was a kid, uh, my sister and I would walk home from school and we would pick flowers to give to mum. We got in trouble one time for picking the neighbor's flowers uh, that she'd been carefully growing. And so we were only allowed to pick daisies. And so we would pick these daisies and we would go home and give them to my mum. My mum would show us that she cares by taking out a vase and placing the daisies in water as if they were precious flowers. Uh, the truth, were, truth was, we were actually just giving her weeds, uh, common garden weeds, weeds that we had plenty of for free on the front lawn. If she just looks out the window, she could see. But in order to communicate to us that she cared, she would honor the weeds as if they were proper bought flowers. I want to remind somebody today that if you have a heavenly father who truly cares about you, he wants to demonstrate that he cares about you. And so he might look down from heaven and see all of the things that are troubling you in your life as uh, daisies, as common, as common to people, as, as as small issues in the eyes of God. He has that perspective. Uh, however, because he is a God who cares, he places the challenges that you're going through fourth place in his mind and demonstrates that he cares by honoring the things that trouble you as things that also he cares about. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me behind uh, beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. The Lord is a shepherd who truly cares for the needs of the sheep. He takes time to lead them into green pastures, to help them rest beside quiet waters to get strengthened to get healed and to get charged up deep within their soul you have a god who cares finally the everlasting father is always there he's always there You know, names are really important in scripture, like we've been discussing the last few weeks. And uh, the prophet Isaiah gave another prophecy about Jesus hundreds of years before his um, birth, where it says this about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you see that? Do you see that right there where one of the names given to God, uh, given to Jesus, is God with us. The God who is always there. He's always there. When the mess of life, he's there. In the peace of life, he's there. At Christmas dinner, he's there. Uh, every, every part of your life, he is present. He was present in your past. He is present for you right now. And I promise you, he is present for you in the future. You have a God who is always there. God left the throne of heaven and invaded our world through the life of Jesus Christ so that he would always be the God who is there, that his name would be God with us. That means when life is a mess and it's all gone to the dogs, you have a God who is with you in the crisis. When people have chosen to leave you, or you feel rejected by people, you have a God who will never leave you nor forsake you because he is a God who is there. When the problems and the challenges of life feel insurmountable, you have a God who is there with you facing those challenges together. You have a God who is there. His name is Jesus, and his name means God with us, the God who is always there. As we close this morning, in our house, uh, like most homes, injuries in our children are fairly common. They're common. They're they're, they're self-inflicted by someone leaping out of the tree hut or or falling off the tramp. They're potentially inflicted uh, from somebody else where one brother wallops the other brother with some uh, creation of Duplo or something like that. But injuries in our house are fairly common. We've got we've experienced all of them, and no doubt there are some injuries still to come. There's a moment, though, that every parent has experienced when your children run in from outside and they've skinned their knees or they've come off their bike or their brother has hit them with a piece of wood um, or something like that. That has happened before. Uh, and they're so upset. And they're in pain. They can't even talk about it all. The, the flood of tears and words just come out of their mouth. It's unintelligible. We don't know what has happened as parents, but what comes out of every good parent's heart, of every good parent's mouth is come, come and sit with me, son. Let me hold you. It is going to be okay. Let's get plasters or an ice pack or whatever needs. I just want to be with you in this moment. In our house, we pray for our children in this moment. And I just sense uh, in my heart when I was writing this that there are people watching this whom life has dealt you blow after blow. And when you think that things might just be starting to come right, life hits you again. And you're sitting here in this church and and watching this online, you're feeling uh, just like a kid who's come off their bike and you've got blood and tears and you're upset and you're just in this mess. I wanna tell you that in the middle of your mess, Run to the everlasting Father when you run into the arms of God, He will scoop you up. He's going to listen to you. He's going to hear your troubles. He's going to sense your heart. He's going to turn to you in your ear and whisper. It's going to be okay. He's going to pray for you. He's going to calm you down. He's going to give you the spirit of peace that nobody can take away. He's going to be present with you And the challenges. Come on, somebody. Whether you're at home, He is there. Our God is the God who is always there. No matter what your parents were like, no matter what key role models in your life were like you have a god who is an everlasting father the god who cares for you who loves you and who is always there thank you for listening to this elam church Christchurch podcast for more information about our church you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every sunday at 10 a.m